Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is the Hunt for Wellness podcast with Adam Hawthorne, 41 Grizzly. It's another great day for wellness, and this is Bones bringing the packs of F3 Nation the latest strategies and tips to accelerate their king and optimize their queen. Health is a journey and requires you to take a proactive approach on a daily basis. Knowing exactly what to do and how to do it will help you achieve it faster. Each week, we are going to be interviewing the leading health and wellness experts, sharing inspiring stories from the packs, and diving into the latest research to help you optimize your health. So get ready as we embark on your hunt for wellness. Well, welcome back to another edition of the Hunt for Wellness podcast. This is Dr. Tunis Hunt, otherwise known as Bones in the Gloom. And Pax, super excited to be here with you on the airways once again. Uh, another fantastic guest lined up. I've really had the opportunity to get to know him a little bit during our pre-recording. And man, he might be a brother from another mother. I'll be honest with you. A lot of the things that he's into around health, and biohacking, and some of the main uh, influencers that have really influenced my own journey. It sounds like uh, he's well aware of them, and he and his wife are uh, people that also look at how to enhance their health on a daily, weekly, and yearly basis. Of course, I'm talking about my friend and yours, otherwise uh, Adam Hawthorne, otherwise known as Grizzly in the Gloom. Welcome to the show, my friend. Thanks, Bones. Appreciate it, man. It's been uh, it's been a long time. I've been a uh, long time listener, first time first time caller, but uh, really appreciated this kind of long form um, new podcast from the kind of the shorter versions that you used to do. But got a lot out of um, listening to you over the years. So thank you for what you're doing for for me personally and for the for the guys in the nation. Well, I appreciate that, brother. Honored. Like I tell people, I just kind of got lucky with this opportunity to have this platform to talk to high impact guys like you across the country and just share what's a 
you know, my dolphin, which is this, this health and wellness. And, and I just absolutely love it. So uh, I appreciate you listening and, and thank you for uh, agreeing to come on the show today because I know you're a super busy person as well. Well, why don't we start up front here about how you learned about F3, where you post, and some of your F3 origin story, certainly why the name Grizzly. Sure. Yeah, I'll, um, I'll kind of hit it from pre-Grizzly perspective. So my, um, my company, my office is located uh, on the corner of Sharon View and Providence Road, which is kind of like ground zero for uh, Metro in Charlotte. And actually, Dred's office is on the floor below mine. Um, so, you know, I get to uh, hear him uh, pontificating wildly through the hallways often. Um, and, you know, within about, I live about a mile away. And within about a mile from um, my house, I've got four or five workouts every week. I was actually just talking to Scrum this morning, a guy I met from uh, Wisconsin, and we were talking about you know, proximity, and, and we're just so damn spoiled here to have the opportunities that we have in the in the Charlotte Metro and um, really the Carolinas to have such so many workouts. But anyway, so kind of getting back to it, my um, I had a few coworkers who were F three um, folks, and you know they were like, "Man, you need to come out. You you, you enjoy it." And um, I worked for a commercial general contractor. And um, for a long time, I was a superintendent and the superintendent job is one of uh, basically you're you're out on the job site full time. You're managing the safety, you're opening the job site, you're you're answering subcontractor questions. You're kind of keeping keeping things moving on the day to day. And usually that job starts pretty early in the morning, 630 or seven o'clock is when you're on the job and getting getting guys started. So for me, timing just didn't work out. Um, I eventually transitioned into a, um, a project management role, and you know that was a little bit less of an open the gates type role, um, and more of a, you know I had a little bit more time in the morning, and so I saw the opportunity actually through a couple of folks. Um, one of my buddies, Ricky Bobby, here in Charlotte, he um, was pushing me to come to a workout with them. Um, and then ultimately it was my brother-in-law, Sharpie. Um, it was one Thanksgiving evening. He's like, man, don't drink too many of those tonight. Um, actually the day before Thanksgiving, um, he said, we're going to go to a workout tomorrow. So I was like, all right, let's go. And that was up in Davidson. Um, so they were living up in Davidson at the time and, um, Sharpie, uh, got me out to work out and I'll never forget. It was just a beautiful crisp morning in Davidson, Thanksgiving day, sun's out, had the bunch of guys were running around the field. And I was like, wow, this is, this is an amazing experience. Um, from there, we went to cafeteria and, uh, actually he named me with a group of guys at cafeteria because it was, you know, a large convergence. It's not really, um, useful to go through the naming. <laughs> Um, always. So, um, but yeah, I, you know, for those listening, I, I've had a beard for a long time. So um, he kind of played on the Grizzly Adams uh, concept. He knows I'm, I like, you know, being outdoors. I like camping. I like hiking, mountain biking. So that's kind of what his approach was, my brother-in-law. And uh, so, yeah, it's, it's stuck in, and it's been modified over the years to Grizz, Griselda, you know, there's a lot of different variations, but Grizzly was the OG name. Got it. 
So the, and correct me if I'm wrong, I heard also like the, so for those of you not familiar with Charlotte geography, Davidson's kind of north of Charlotte, um, uh, of the city. And then there's an area up there called Lake Norman. Now is Davidson part of the Lake Norman packs or is that two separate regions or do you know? Um, no, they're, they're, they're fairly close. There, there is some, um, overlap basically in the, in the area surrounding Charlotte, you've got, um, a Davidson region and then you have a, um, uh, Huntersville Cornelius slash isotope region. Um, you've got a Mooresville region. So in, in the Charlotte metro area, we have 14 regions surrounding, and those are, you know, really not based on anything besides kind of um, approximate city centers. Like there's no county line denomination because you've got, you've got a lot in the surrounding, in the Charlotte surrounding metro. Um, so, you know, like Mooresville is even north of um, the Lake Norman area, or it's kind of considered it, but it's its own region called Race City. Um, you've got the Mecca region, which is Concord. Um, so there's, there is a huge conglomerate of regions that surround the Charlotte metro area, and north, south um, included. And those also even run into where you are in Fort Mill and Rock Hill and, and the Lake Wiley region. So um, it's a pretty, it's a pr pretty tight knit group. Pretty tight yeah, area. Yeah, it, it's definitely dense. And to your point, uh, we're super spoiled here as far as our opportunity to post with men in the gloom and have a variety in different locations. And from a time standpoint, you know, we don't have to travel very far to to hit four or five different AOs. Uh, and so super spoiled for that. I was just thinking, I thought maybe I'd heard through the grapevine the Lake Norman guys sometimes don't name a guy on the first work out that sometimes it's a second or third posting and, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Pax, if, if you're listening, but uh, anyway, that's just, and maybe I just, I was saying that because maybe they didn't name you at the AO because of the A convergence, but sometimes culturally they don't always do it the first time, but uh, got named Grizz by the brother-in-law and I'm assuming some other guys there at the cafeteria, correct? That's right. Yeah. We had okay. about um, eight or 10 guys there and yeah brother-in-law i think he wanted the rights to it so got it well uh, he's i mean actually in michigan now he lives in oh. uh, midland michigan but um he'll be in town and actually his son um my nephew chipper joined us for the gte 24 here in metro last year as one of the youngest participants as he was debating whether to go into uh, west point or the naval academy and he has since joined the Naval Academy and is in his plebe year there. And actually just, I don't know, three or four weeks ago, asked me to join him to GTE 35 in D.C. So I'm looking oh, wow. forward to kind of looping him and, and bringing that, you know, that's a good family connection. I'm trying to get my brother-in-law out, but he's complaining about some kind of knee issue. So we'll see. We'll get him. <laughs> his name is Rick Penn Sharpie. All right, we'll get him back uh, back out posting and, and in the gloom. I'm assuming he planted the flag up in Michigan, or they already have something up there? No, no, he hasn't. Um, yeah. Okay. He's, he's uh, yeah. He's, Sounds he's like a budding region ready to be launched up there. He could absolutely do it. You know, he's a high-impact man. He's uh, got a lot of good, strong 
actually good strong connections up there too from my um a workout perspective so i've that's awesome we'll see what i can do maybe i can convert him this christmas when he comes down i hear you now what year was it that you joined f3 that was 14. okay 2014 uh, so been around eight years or so and then yeah. in that eight years you've had some leadership roles uh there locally or here locally metro uh sounds like you were the nantan uh right yeah. when uh the COVID uh, pandemic was hitting. So help us understand a little bit about that challenge and how you navigated yeah. it. No, it was a, um, I tell you, this has been, a, um, obviously there's a lot going on in, in Metro and I've had opportunities to first uh, take over a site queue for a, a workout that's actually, you know, right next door to my office called Black Widow. And um, me and um, a couple of guys, you know, Newport, um, booty panda we have a, a long strong lineage of leaders and um a guy named tebow and i john yassenshock we we uh jumped into that ao role and um you know i think you learn a lot from running a um i guess from an ao perspective you learn a lot about just kind of you know lining up folks and making sure you're picking up the six and we got a lot of crosswalks in this specific location and a lot of street crossings um, we had actually some development. Uh, we were talking about it this morning because we we circled around that area where our old AO used to be. So we transitioned the AO, AO location. Anyway, um, kind of back to that. That was a great opportunity to kind of really um, figure out what this leadership group that's disguised as a workout group is all about. Um, from there, um, a guy named Sump, who is, I would consider our local historian in Metro and, and beyond and really kind of captures the origin of things. Um, he was our current Nantan. He took over from a guy named Fishwrap and he wanted to give me kind of a long timeline in order to take over as Nantan. Uh, I was currently preparing for a 30 mile hike with my company that we do. It's a charity hike for cystic fibrosis. And that was going to take place <clears throat> later on in the year. And then COVID hit. Um, so that kind of changed everything. I'll never forget. I was, you know, Sump's got, uh, he had some um, family reasons that he really had to protect uh, himself and, and get out of the gloom for a while and, and protect his family. Um, so it kind of worked out from a timing wise for me to take over right when Governor Cooper put on the you know, stay at home order. Um, and being in the construction business, you know, it was it was a it was an interesting time because we were deemed essential. Um, we had folks that didn't know if they were driving down the street, if they were going to get pulled over and um, potentially, you know, if they didn't have their paperwork with them. They could get um, deported or arrested. And then, of course, from a, from an F3 perspective, we had um, you know, a lot of a lot of different opinions on how to best approach this um, over the over, obviously we've learned a lot in the past you know, three years about what this thing is and um, unfortunately it, it did impact us with the loss of double trouble um, one of our guys uh, local to here and a few others got it pretty bad so you know I don't want to discount it but at the same time I think it was an important thing for um, guy named Red Fox, who was our first FQ. Red Fox and I really spent a lot of time trying to figure out what to do uh, early on. And we had a lot of frank conversations and we put plans together and we 
basically said, look, we got to follow the guidance by the authorities, regardless of whether we believe it or not. We're representatives of the community and we're leaders and leaders need to understand um, what the risks are, but ultimately we needed to represent F3. And what we didn't want, most importantly, was for the community to look at us as not being leaders, because that's that's who we are. So we put a lot of time and effort into that, into creating a plan that we felt could keep guys safe. Group size, as you remember, was very important. Well, South Carolina, <laughs> I mean, you could cross the border and, and rules didn't apply. Yeah, it was a little more Wild West, just uh, 10 minutes from you guys. Having said that, the city of Fort Mill and some of those local ones did end up being a little bit more stricter than the state in and of itself. But yes, to your point, it was a quite a delineation between North and South Carolina border as far as kind of what was allowed and not allowed. And being in this geographic area, it was unique to watch how you could go literally into one store and then three miles down the road, go to a different store and the mandate be completely different because it happened to be across the state line. Mm-hmm. We're in a very unique region in that sense, from a business perspective, from a politics perspective. Yeah, it's, it's unique. I mean, for those who don't know, Charlotte is about 10 miles from the border to South Carolina and Fort Mills, probably three miles to the border of North Carolina. So there's, there's a, you know, there's a state line there that, really kind of divides the the Charlotte metro area as it's called. Um, and there's a, you know, from a business perspective, we do business in both states and multiple counties. And yeah, so it was a, a unique time. And, you know, it was it was a great opportunity to to work um with a lot of strong high impact man from um Snoop uh to Rev Flow Rider to Earth Mover. Um you know, to what did we had we had a strong crew of guys that were jumping in, Evil Scout. Um, we have the Q source, we created a Q source Q position for um uh our region. We had um we had a lot, a lot of growth. We brought the the GTE 24 to town, and that ultimately ended up being the the moment where I was able to um I felt it was appropriate to pass on the leadership to what did who was our weasel shaker and now our current nantan and he's also done a great job in the in the role and has grown our communication support and really pushed for he was also a, a champion of the of the uh uh grow rough coming to town did a lot of the organization there and that's kind of his his dolphin is is galvanizing men and and organizing and um creating events like that so Hats off to him for what he's done in the Nantanary role here. And, um, you know, ultimately it was that transition point that I got to meet GMO at GTE 24 as well. And I guess it was probably three months ago, October, yeah, probably September when he reached out to me on a sector Q role. And frankly, when I was in the Nantan role, I, I didn't really, sectors were just kind of rolling out. And I didn't really understand what it was. And when he asked me, I, I still really didn't know what it was. But, you know, having met GMO, um, we had some really great conversations about, number one, he was there with my, he was in the platoon with my nephew, Chipper, and got to carry that damn sandbag up the creek for a while. And so he was very complimentary about Chipper and about his leadership. and. So 
we forged a bond there. And then he asked me to, to jump into the, um, to the role of the sector queue and um, took a little bit of onboarding there. I had some work obligations that I had to get through. And then in um, October, November, I um, took over from Shut-In, who is a Carpex Raleigh um, PAX and has done a really great job from an organizational perspective and really teeing it, this up for me. And, and in particular, the, the, the Carolina sector or mid-southeast sector, as it's formerly known, um, comprises 78 regions in North and South Carolina. Um, I've we've taken on the name, the Kakalaki region, as it's a, uh, you know, for North and South Carolina, you know, I feel like it's fitting that we, we break away the barrier of that, that border and, and make us into one, one, um, one sector. So no, I've been, I've been really, blessed to work with some of the guys like uh, you heard last week trigger and um 88 i believe just recorded with you and you know we've got um, some high impact men that are really trying to you know it's a very it's a very uh simple thing really the, the mission of a of a sector queue is to coach coordinate and connect um, so beyond that what we're here is to kind of act as an intermediary between the nation and the particular Nantans to just try and get information flowing up and down because I think as Trigger mentioned on the call last uh, last week there was it was kind of a melee on those Nantan calls it was very one way it was a one way street so we're our our job is to act as a um, a conduit both um, downflow and upflow to, to keep information flowing and to help guys answer questions. Yeah, and I really appreciate you stepping into that role and certainly the leadership that you showed during those trying years uh, of F3's, you know, navigation around the pandemic. And, you know, it sounds like you stepped up at the perfect time. I mean, I think we all find opportunities to lead when it's perfect for us. And it sounds like you are in a great position to, and the right guy at the at the moment to make those decisions, those tough decisions. And um, certainly it was, uh, unique for all of us to try to figure out what to do, not to do. Uh, and I loved yeah, how you kind bones, of... that was, a, that was a lot of Fox, red Fox, Danny. Sanders. Okay. I mean, he's, he is a strong leader here in, in Metro and yeah, it was, he did an amazing job of just kind of seeing the forest for the trees and, and putting plans together that we could ultimately, you know, yeah, Fox, Fox nailed it. Okay. Well, good. Well, I mean, it's nice to have high impact men around us too, right? <laughs> to, to, to make decisions and, and, and figure it all out. But uh, I love the perspective of uh, we are a leadership organization. We are leaders. And even though we don't maybe personally agree a hundred percent with what uh, stipulation might be, um, but looking at the bigger picture, how do we how do we relate in the community? What what kind of image do we want to be? Legacy that we want to live? It's it's bigger than ourselves. So that was great that that you highlighted that perspective. Well, let's do this, man. Let's let's kind of pivot on on you a little bit um, and, and kind of learn a little bit about who you are personally, your health and wellness journey. As I alluded to at the top of the show, you and I had a chance, kind of offline before we started recording just to kind of get to know each other a little bit better and and, and talk uh, through a few topics and 
some of the things you're bringing up were very interesting to me and, and things that I, I, I value as far as my own health and wellness journey. So I think we could probably dive into several topics here that sure. uh, be really serving to the packs who are listening and, and kind of want to know what they can do to maybe improve their own wellness uh, journey. Well, let's do this. Uh, start with kind of your demographic as far as how old you are. Um, obviously, it sounds like you're mar- or married. Um, any kids? Kind of overall demographic, so people can visualize who you are when you are sharing some of this information. Sure. Yeah. Um, so, 41 years old, born and raised in Charlotte. I was uh, went to Catholic school at St. Patrick's, and then Charlotte Catholic, and then went to NC State for an extended duration to get my engineering degree um, and studied construction engineering and have been working for show construction here in um, Charlotte for my entire career. Uh, Started out as an intern. I've carried a lot of different roles and um, company has been amazing to me and given me many opportunities. Um, Met my wife uh, actually on a job site. Um, interesting story, probably for another day, but we uh, got the opportunity that we never would have to to really develop a, a friendship. And then ultimately that grew into um, a relationship. And at the time, um, she had a daughter who was eight years old and um, she's now 25. So we've been together for quite a while and I've had the opportunity to, you know, be a part of her uh, my my daughter's life and be a uh, I would think a positive influence on on her and um, the woman that she is now. She's a she's a very intelligent girl. She's got uh, she went to University of Michigan, go blue, and got a degree in mechanical engineering and the uh, dean's list. And I'm just extremely proud of her. She's um, working for a local mechanical contractor here in town. Um, but yeah, my wife and I also, um, she's older. And, um, so because of that, we, uh, we struggled with having a a kid and went through a lot of different routes. Um, and ultimately felt, you know, for her body's sake, best, the best thing that we could do was to do IVF. And so we had our son almost eight years ago in January. Um, she did all the hard work as as most um, men can attest uh, and you know it truly has been an amazing experience because she sacrificed a lot to be able to um, bring our son into the world and so I'm absolutely blessed to have um, found a woman willing to um, to do what she's done for our family and and yeah so from a um, health perspective I guess growing up in Charlotte, I played sports, um, played football and baseball at um, Charlotte Catholic. Beyond that, went to NC State and did intramurals and uh, joined a fraternity and um, really had a great experience with the the Pikes at NC State and taught me a lot about leadership and learning and, um, you know, running an organization. Um, So I give a lot of credit to them for the beginning of my leadership journey. And then beyond that, came back to Charlotte and started started working. And the, the life of the superintendent can be tough because you're you're basically married to your job site. And, you know, a lot of coffee, um, a lot of a lot of chewing tobacco. Um, you know, while I was living for the weekend. I was you know, partying a lot. I was um, going hard from Saturday night to 
Sunday and then, you know, doing it all over again, working hard during the week. Um, but didn't really have like a fitness um, North Star. You know, I, I tended to eat fairly well, but didn't really dig into things like I do now. Um, I'd say it was probably when I met my wife um, that I really started paying attention a lot more. Now, growing up in Charlotte, my mother was very healthy. My father, um, not so much. He he liked to open up a pack of breadsticks and drink some sweet tea when he got home, but he wasn't, you know, he wasn't a drinker, um, didn't smoke. My mother was a fitness addict. She's an amazing inspiration at 68 years old. Um, she's still traveling the country, traveling the, the world, really. Um, she's got a, um, um, a a website and a blog, Abroad, Traveling Abroad, where she posts some pretty amazing content of her travels. And um, she's always been a fitness inspiration. She's been a marathoner, been a yogi, um, uh, always, you know, part of my mindset growing up was mom and dad were always at the YMCA after work, and then they'd come home and um, you know, part, working out was a part of their life. So, you know, in finding, um, kind of having that background as a mindset really helped to, I guess, lay the groundwork for being consistent in whatever you do. Now, when I didn't have a fitness regimen, it was just kind of, and eh, maybe I'll go to the Y or maybe I'll, you know, go play some hoops or you know, it really wasn't structured. Um, so yeah, I think for me, Basically, my, my my fitness outside of college consisted of mountain biking and and you know uh, I was about it really. Um, finding F three brought me in a different perspective to really what fitness is all about, and for me, that's consistency. Um, and I say that yeah, you bring up a good point about F three and consistency because it sounds like you were like the typical male that all of us are. We have a perspective of what we want to do health wise, you know, we, or we mimic the people around us. We have guys that exercise, whether it's going to the gym or do the mountain biking here in this region, that's pretty popular because you got the mountains, we have the white water center. We have other things that guys kind of gravitate to and, and gals. Um, but uh, sounds like there was no like hard, fast schedule that you are doing outside of when you were, you know, in, organized sports or intramurals it was just kind of the floundering and i can i can relate to you know just getting your head down working all the time and it sounds like that job and i'm assuming those job sites weren't always local you would probably have to travel and uh, sure. maybe stay outside of even your home hotels different things i work with a lot of patients um just chiropractically speaking that have similar schedules and you can just tell it's just hard on them you know, they're just yeah. up at the job site early in the morning. They work until dark. They're living out of a hotel down the street, away from their family, sometimes at months. And it's just very difficult for them to find that scheduled uh, consistency. And it sounds like that was something that was pretty much missing for you prior to F3. You got that right. The superintendent of life, I mean, our superintendents are the hardest working guys um, out there. And, you know, our, our job as a company is to service whatever needs they have most importantly. And that's, you know, putting a good team together, but they gotta, you know, they gotta be there to crack the gates and they gotta be there to shut it at the end of the day. And they gotta, and they gotta really focus on making sure that job site's secure. And yeah, it's a tough life, especially on the road. I mean, 
I frankly, funny story about that sidebar. I was in the job in Spartanburg and I, I would focus my out of town jobs so I could be close to a Cracker Barrel um, because <laughs> they had good cheap breakfast. They had good dinners. You know, I could go in there and get some trout and I didn't have to worry about, you know, well, maybe I have a beer, maybe I don't, you know, there wasn't, there wasn't an option. So um, that was a disciplinary approach that I used uh, when I was on the road to um, really try and keep my queen in check. Yeah. Um, just small guardrails. That's funny. And, you know, we, we, we talk a lot about king and queen and, and I don't know if you've read the book burn, um, but I, that opened my eyes a lot to kind of the, the concept of, you know, frankly, the, the king is really there to give you that mental discipline. The queen is there to, you know, what you put in your mouth is so important to, to maintaining or to reducing or to maximizing your health in whatever way. And, um, yeah, I kind of want to touch on some strategies that my, my wife and I have used for that. And then also want to touch on sleep and, and the importance of that and, and my, hunt for wellness in my journey. <laughs> yeah, so. no, I, I, yeah, that's perfect. Uh, I was considering segueing into that anyway, because I think, you know, most of us were familiar with the F3 workout and most of us, uh, and we've highlighted on the show, you know, the CSOPs and some of those things and not that we can't discuss some of that, but yeah, I'd, I'd love to maybe kind of pick your brain about what you guys do when it comes to the queen, because that is certainly one of the more difficult things for most people, including that three guys to really tackle, because like I've heard on other F3 podcasts about, you know, F3 simple in the standpoint of all you have to do is get up and go to a workout and just follow instructions. Right. So that's kind of the king aspect. And, um, for most guys, it's, it's not very difficult to do that. And as long as you're consistent and you continue to show up, you will see results. It's what you do outside the gloom, those 23 other hours, as far as what you're doing with your sleep, what you're doing with your queen, as far as food, what you're doing with stress, what are you doing with recovery? Those are the things that actually make a big difference in people's overall health that unless they're intentional about and dial it in, they don't get the same benefits in the gloom as you would if you put those other pieces of the puzzle together. So yeah, I think maybe concentrating on some of that a little bit, it'll be really good um, for everyone to listen to. So why don't we start with Queen? Kind of walk me through what, how you and your wife approach uh, nutrition and what you guys typically do on a weekly basis. Sure. Um, so she is really good about not keeping junk in the house you know our son is a picky eater our daughter she no longer lives with us but when she did you know it was it, we, we, her friends would come over and there wouldn't be junk in the house there just wasn't and i grew up in the same kind of a household like i didn't have options and for me that's a great guardrail because come 9 30 10 o'clock i'm hunting i'm hunting for something you know i'm looking for a chocolate fix or something you know there's just like a um, before I go to bed, there's kind of that that draw. So Halloween's always a tough season um, when you've got free reign of candy. But no, she does a really good job. Hats off to her for you know maintaining that as a strong guardrail. Um, and you know that's I think step one is removing the temptation. So um, let me kind of take it back a little bit though and um, touch on a bit of the 
uh, her inspiration because she's been follower a follower of Ben Greenfield and Dave Asprey and Peter Atia and Paul Saladino and a lot of these um, Dr. Oz, uh, um, a lot of these guys that kind of have a, um, I guess it's an approach more in line with the keto or carnivorous um, lifestyle. And not to say that we're necessarily, you know, all full in to any one path, but we try to pick up little bits of, of each of them and and use that to advantage. You know, she's a huge fan of Greek, of uh, cottage cheese. Cottage cheese and blueberries is probably her favorite go-to. And I'm okay with it. I prefer, you know, my go-to snack would probably be a bowl of granola and some honey and peanut butter. Um, and so I guess... You kind of got to take a um, take all the information that you got and see what works through trial and error, see what makes you feel good, what doesn't make you feel good. You know, we were talking before the show about, you know, beer and how that makes you feel and and other things to, to you know, just how they affect your body. So, um, you know, I think her inspiration has ultimately driven us as a family to reduce the temptation by removing the um, to removing those snacks, um, and really focusing on, you know, what we're eating. My son, every morning, she makes him three eggs, sometimes sausage, sometimes a bagel from a sourdough, um, bagel place. And this is a seven-year-old kid and he crushes it. He mows it every morning, but, you know, then we struggle with, is he, you know, he wants mac and cheese for lunch. Now he's in a school where he has the ability to, you know, buy lunch. And so we're having to be really focused on telling him the importance of, you know, eating good food. And then for dinner, he wants, his typical dinner is a piece of salmon and some orzo or some rice, or, you know, um, we focus on avocado. He loves eating avocado, bananas, and those kind of things just kind of trickle through and become part of your, your habits in the family just because of really it's her influence so um yeah hats off to her for really um, driving that bus for all of us um you know there, there's also a lot of strategies personally that i use um, because my my role at, Ch at show has changed into a business development role and so that can tend to lend itself to more um after work or later night social events and so that tends to get in the way on my consistency with workouts. And so I've had to recently implement a different strategy of, of eating where I use intermittent fasting as a, as a consistent technique to um, really regulate what I'm eating every day. And so for me, that involves, I'm, I'm going to have a cup of coffee in the morning. Um, no doubt that's going to, um, that's really kind of my first start to the day but you know with that i'll put in a uh some bulletproof um power creamer dave asprey's kind of product um i'll usually use one scoop of that and then my wife just found this laird is it laird hamilton who's a surfer dude yeah yeah laird hamilton he's got his own brand of creamer so i've been trying that out too and it's you know basically a coconut oil derived mct oil mix and um, it supposedly doesn't break a fast, but you know, it does help kind of carry me through that morning. So I, I usually do a hard stop around nine o'clock and then I won't eat until, you know, 1130 or 12 o'clock. 
So that's kind of my clean strategy. And then beyond that, it's about you know, really just trying to make decent choices. I'm eating out. I'm eating a lot of lunches out, a lot of dinners out. And so when you're in that environment, I've got to be really conscious about, you know, what I'm eating. A lot of salad, salads for lunch. We're right next to a little um, place called Leroy Fox next door. Great chicken restaurant, but they've got amazing salads. So um, I got Chipotle downstairs, which frankly is my absolute go-to. You know, I love Chipotle because you can mix it up and you can make it healthy. You can grab the salad and um, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, for me, it's about just trying to, trying to make those choices and keep guardrails in place that, that keep my queen in check. Yeah. I mean, and, and most importantly, it is about being intentional. I mean, it sounds like that's what you guys are doing as a family is, is, is a recognizing that food is fuel and that the quality of that fuel dictates the quality of your health. And as a family and, and kudos to your wife too, because I, I think a lot of times when I talk to men specifically who maybe, um, relic, you know, kind of give over that power to their spouse as far as like the meals and how they do it. And, and if they're not on the same page, it does become a little bit more difficult as far as like the quality of food in the house. And so kudos to her for being that proactive person and, and be willing to, to look at it. Um, and all those names that you mentioned uh, are names I'm very familiar with personally, just being in the health and wellness space and being somebody who's been a health and wellness junkie, if you will, as, as far as information and, you know, early two thousands, when some of these websites and some of these, uh, people started getting popular, I, I really kind of dove into it. And just like you, Laura, and I guess, and your wife, uh, you know, you pick up things from different people. There, there's there's all so many perspectives when it comes to getting healthy. And that's what makes it challenging. I think for a lot of people, because you have this really quote unquote healthy person promoting a certain style of diet. Then on the other spectrum, you have somebody else that appears to be extremely healthy and doing well, you know, almost doing something completely opposite of the other person. And so you're kind of left going, well, which is it, which is the better way. And, and over the years, I've found that you have to kind of, figure it out on your own. I mean, mm-hmm. and, and, and really, and I, I've said this multiple times and I'm sure you um, resonate with it as well. After looking at different perspectives of the dietary um, paradigm, most of them have in common what to avoid and not necessarily what you're overeating. In other words, whether it's a lot of meat or a lot of vegetables or whatever, it's sticking away, staying away from the processed foods, the over sugar, Um, a lot of seed oils, those type of things that really we find is the more inflammatory thing in our diets. And as long as you're kind of really watching that consumption as as you kind of fine tune your own dietary approach, I think most people do pretty well. Now, once you kind of master that, let's just say, okay, I'm good at avoiding those other bad things. And you want to experiment with maybe a more vegetarian style, vegan style diet, or if you want to uh, experiment more with a carnivorous style that then you know go for it see what yeah. works for you and 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 what makes you you know feel like you're you're healthier and healthier and i try not to be as dogmatic as you know some of the people out there promoting a certain style of diet because you know it, it, at the end of the day you have to be willing to do what works for you and in my opinion as long as you're avoiding what i think we can universally agree on as the garbage 
I think yeah. you're going to, you're going to do pretty well. I also kudos to you guys for, um, introducing your child, your son to that style of eating. You know, my family, my wife and I early on, she's also a chiropractor. So we kind of a life like-minded wellness perspective. Very early on, we were, um, very restrictive in what we gave our kids from a artificial color, sweetener, sugars. We even went gluten-free for a long, long time with our children and, um, introduce them to things like the vegetables and the salmon and steak and chicken and some of these other things. And I remember early on just having other parents just be baffled with, well, I could never get my kid to eat any of that. My kid only wants nuggets or pizza. Oh, don't don't or get me wrong. He's not a, he's a picky damn eater, but he, yeah, no, I hear you. you know, but you're, 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 you're influencing him with your own decisions and and putting it on his plate, I guess is what I'm saying. And yes, my kids ate pizza and my kids ate nuggets and my kids weren't perfect. But at the same time, we also, uh, my, my wife's uh, most favorite saying around food or around the dinner table is I'm not a short order cook. In other words, I'm not going to make what everybody wants individually. This is what the family's eating and you will eat it or you won't. I mean, it's, one of two options and and your kids they skip dinner a couple times a they won't die but b <laughs> right. they 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 realize that well mom's not going to just give me whatever i want if i don't eat this guess what they start to eat and then they start to develop these palates and um that was just a a cultural thing for us as a family that we adopted and to this day my son refuses to drink colas or any type of thing other than water i mean he's just like Water is the only thing I want to drink. Now, my daughter, she's, she was a little bit more open-minded to some of the, <laughs> in fact, I got a funny story. I, uh, you know, classic dad move. I, I, I took my son out for like a little outing and we, you know, fun. He was young, you know, five, four or five years old. And we were at a restaurant and I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to buy him a chocolate milkshake. I'm going to get mm -hmm. this kid a chocolate milkshake. He's going to love it. Right. So I buy it for him and I put it in front of him and he refused to try it. I was like, uh, no, 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 you don't understand. This is, this is good. This is ice cream. He's like, nope, I, I, I drink water. I don't, I don't want that. <laughs> now, don't get me wrong. I finally like forced it in his mouth. I was like, no, you got to try it. Of course he liked it afterwards, but it was just funny. It was like, <laughs> he just, you know, I mean, it's the same. My son, he drinks milk and water. It's the same thing. He doesn't, he had never had fruit juice, never had a soft drink. I tell you, we're, we, we drink a lot of soda water at the house. We go through LaCroix. I mean, I've tried the soda stream. I'm like, look how much money we can save with, with a soda stream. And it's like, uh -uh. we're getting not good. LaCroix. Huh? My son, he's like, dad, can I get soda water? It's like, man, what have we created here? But that's funny. Yeah, you know, my daughter's the same way. She because that's what we do. We do Pellegrinos and Lacroix and stuff like that. And um, she's she's kind of that's her go-to outside of just you know the normal tap water that you know we have a full house uh, filtration system because of that. We just kind of wanted that was the decision we made. Have you guys done things like that? Kind of so uh, we went Berkey, in the house, sort of a Berkey filter. Yeah, absolutely. We um we got actually got her one of those for her last birthday my wife at the recommendation of one of my co-workers and we 
loved it. Absolutely loved it. We make our, you know, we've got a little separate ice machine. We, we use that for our coffee. That's how we fill his water, my son's water bottle at the beginning of the day. I drink it exclusively. It goes in the coffee maker. And, um, you know, I don't know if it's making a difference, but I can tell you that um, I, I just, I worry a little bit about what's in our municipal water supply. After being in construction and seeing how we put water lines in, um, I would recommend a filter on your water filtration system. Uh, yeah, if not just a point of service one. You know, we we did like a two-step tier, and, and this is a whole other topic, but, you know, we have one for the home. And the reason we did that and the reason we got introduced to that many years ago was, you know, because of chlorine and fluoride and some of the other things in just our municipal waters, uh, a, you ingest it just by drinking it from the faucet when you're brushing your teeth and stuff like that. But things like dishwasher, it's kind of a toxic bomb. You know, when you open a dishwasher and you see all that steam come out, well, if there's a mm -hmm. bunch of chemicals and toxins in that water, guess what's kind of coming out with it as well. Same thing with a hot shower. So do you, you know, use the dishwasher? We do. Well, because we have a, um, like I said, a whole house filtration. So like technically the toilet water in my home is better standard drinking water than, you know, you're going to get in, in, in most restaurants just from that perspective and have, in <laughs> fact, because it removes all the chemicals, we have to do special things to kind of keep our toilets cleaner because it doesn't have that natural chlorine and some of the other things that you find in just municipal water. And then so on, on top of that, we added a point of service reverse osmosis filter at our sink. And to your point, that's what we use for like actual drinking water for the coffee, teas, that kind of stuff that we went to. And that's just because that's what we drink 99.9% .9 yeah. of the time is water as a family. Now that got me in trouble a little bit. And I shared with that on a previous episode with electrolytes because what also happens, unfortunately, when you use a filtration system of that caliber is it strips minerals out of the water. And so adding minerals uh, back into it. What's that? Relight, R-E-L-Y-T. Yeah. Is that um, Dr. Berg's uh, product? Do you know? I mean, I don't know. It comes in a black plastic container, but it's non, you know, I, I was using the, um, oh, what's those little hydration packets? The... Uh, liquid IVs, but they're, oh, yeah. you know, they got a lot of sugar. And so my wife found this relight stuff and it's pretty good as far as electrolytes. I remember that episode, I think it was the Blue Ridge Relay you were talking about bonking or getting major league cramps afterwards. Yeah. Um, and, and that's and, why I dialed it back in. So I use, so I think relight, and I could be wrong, but Dr. Berg, he's another, you know, health and wellness proponent out there. And his formula is much higher in potassium than anything. And uh, he kind of went that direction. I went the other direction. I currently, so I use two products. One is Element. Um, and that is much so much higher sodium mm -hmm. uh, perspective. So I use that one. And then I use a separate one that um, I get from a company that um, it's a professional retail type of company that works through health professionals. And that one is also, that one's not as much sodium, but it's also got like um, some natural caffeine in it, which yeah. can be helpful if I'm using it earlier in the day, uh, maybe like a pre-workout type of thing. Um, but 
the drawback obviously is the caffeine because like has a caffeinated one too yeah and, and and which can be a benefit especially if you're talking like pre-workout and that's a question i get asked a lot is you know are pre-workouts worth it and stuff like that um it can be but to the point that you made already most of the product out there has so much sugar in it or artificial flavors or colors that you're not really serving yourself pretty well um, by using it. Um, and there, when there's so many good ones out there, uh, and it sounds like the Relight uh, is a good option for people. And I like Element. Um, it works out pretty well for me. Um, and that seems to be helping with um, not cramping like I was you know, when I was training for that um, perspective. Now, as far as um, sleep, tell me a little bit about what you guys are doing for sleep and how have you found that to benefit your health? Yeah, so again, consistency being probably the most important part of it, of which I fail miserably. Um, but, you know, just trying to either wake up at the same time or go to bed at the same time. And it's easy to do during the week, man. But, you know, like, especially this time of year, we've got feels like something every night and we're thrown off schedule. And then, um, uh, you know, last night's prime example, I got to reading. Um, next thing I know it's 11 o'clock and I'm like, uh, maybe I won't wake up tomorrow. And of course the alarm goes off and, um, you know, there's like this moment where you're just sitting in bed and you're like, well, you know, you try and you try and, um, I guess, justify. Well, you know, I, I really need more sleep. I got to, you know, I worked out yesterday and, and I feel wholeheartedly you got to listen to your body and you got to, you know, use mechanisms to track, you know, whatever you need to track, but listen to your body. And if you don't feel good, then, then rest up because ultimately, I believe in the power of sleep to make you stronger and we discount it. Society discounts it. Uh, I think in F3, we discount it because, you know, we're, you know, we're up early and we, we get after it early. Um, but you got to prioritize going to bed early, frankly. And if you don't do that, then you're going to find an excuse. And I can tell you with a hundred percent certainty that I have never regretted going to a workout. There's never been a moment in time where I'm, where I have finished a workout and I said, man, I wish I would have slept in. Um, now that being said, there are plenty of times where, you know, maybe I make that decision the night before, like, you know, I got in late or, you know, I had that steak dinner and, and, you know, too many drinks. I, I'm not going to be in a good state if I show up to a workout tomorrow and then have to go around the rest of my day. So, um, I really think it's important to look at your, you know, we, I use uh, an aura ring, for example, um, to track my sleep. Um, I also have a, you know, a Garmin watch and it's a little bit ridiculous. I also have a, my wife just got this, like, it's a heart rate monitor, um, for sleep. And the name of it, it's actually one of, um, it's one of Ben Greenfield's buddies. Uh, I think it's called you uh, i'll look it up um anyway it's it's you know supposedly supposed to track recovery and and sleep and you know i feel a little absurd sometimes comparing my sleep trackers like what a what a first world problem where you know i'm i'm disappointed in the amount of rem sleep tracked by aura versus garmin <laughs> it's just it's ridiculous but i do 
you know, you got, it's almost like watching the news. You got to take a little bit from, from one side. You got to take a little bit from the other to your earlier point about the posts that you follow. You got to grab certain things that you tend to tend to work and consistency across all boards is what works. Consistency hands down is what gets you results. Um, and I think that goes without saying, you know, whether it's consistent, you know, consistently doing the right thing, I should say, um, not consistently doing the wrong thing, but consistency, consistency in general will lead to results, whether positive or negative, whatever you're being consistent with. Um, but yeah, we value sleep and we, you know, we black out, we got blackout shades in the bedroom and we, you know, I'm very light sensitive. So I want, you know, I want, I want the, I want tape over the alarm panel. I want, you know, I don't want the LED lights on my chargers. You know, it, that drives me nuts. And my wife doesn't seem to have quite an issue with it. So, um, you know, and then, and then just trying to, what's your, uh, what's your temperature in your bedroom? Cold. Yeah. Thankfully she likes it cold and I like the fan on. So we, we usually try and keep the upstairs at 68. Yeah, uh, I love it when it gets wintertime. You don't have to turn the heat on. I hate the heat. The house heat just dries everything out. So I'll, we, we both like it cold, cold and dark. And that's a lot of, you know, the there's also we have a, a hot tub and you talked a little bit about, you know, some temperature regulation. That's a great mechanism to um, kind of increase or actually it ends up doing the opposite, but um, it, it causes your temperature to decrease, which allows you to go to sleep a little bit easier. Uh, the downside to that is I don't have a whole house filter. So, you know, I've experimented a lot with enzymatic um, hot tub chemicals and, and frankly haven't found one that doesn't cause me to have to replace a pump every three months. So um, we've gone back to a chlorinated hot tub, but still feel like there's some some benefits to it and um you know you know we don't have a uh, there's a lot of folks that believe in sauna um and you know while i feel like it can certainly help i don't we really don't have um the mechanism for that at our house um right now so you know there's there's certain strategies you know a hot a hot bath my wife loves taking a hot bath before bed and that kind of does the same thing so you know, I think again, it's about trial and error, and you know, trying to get to bed at the same time. Um, but you know, this time of year, it can be tough. Definitely, this time of year is tougher, and the consistency matters. And the fact that you're conscious of that—that's good. And it sounds like maybe you have a little bit of routine. Now, do you owe? Do you take a hot tub nightly, or is that just no sporadically? That's... Yeah, sporadic. We'll go through, you know, in the summertime, it's rarely in the, this time of year, it tends to be more frequent. Um, and then it, you know, it really depends on, okay, did we have dinner late? Um, did our sure. sun go down? Did we, um, you know, really just, it's something that, that we appreciate together because it gives us a chance to decompress and talk about the day or um, just catch up on things without having all of the, you know, the, the devices and the TV on and the news and all these things that kind of tend to distract you and draw your attention. So it's kind of a good uh, moment for us as a couple to appreciate. So, um, yeah, no, that sounds amazing that you're, you're able to do that. I, uh, I want to get a cold plunge 
And of course my wife's like, well, I'd rather have a hot tub. And I was like, well, I, I get that. I get that. Hot tubs are, are nice and relaxing, but the, the cold plunge is, uh, in my opinion, you know, more metabolically shocking. To the system. What I do cold showers. Is that what you said? Mm-hmm. So I do. Um, so my strategy with showers are this, I will start with warm water, uh, from the purposes of kind of washing my hair and body and kind of opening up the pores. But I always end the shower with at least two minutes of it as cold as I can make it. Now, the caveat to that is even though I can get it cold, it's not freezing. You know, just our here in Charlotte just doesn't get that cold where your pipes are frozen. Now, if I visit friends like in Breckenridge or something and you go into those, sh- I mean, whoo, that, that, that'll, that'll wake you up. And, and I do enjoy that. We did, um, you mentioned sauna. So that was one thing we did invest in this year. We bought an infrared sauna for our house and it has been such a a, a neat thing to add to my whole wellness uh, regime. So I try to sit in it about seven or excuse me, about six days a week, 30 to 45 minutes. And the unique thing about infrared is it doesn't have to be as hot to get the same uh, metabolic sweat kind of thing because the it's the penetrating light that creates the sweat not the heat now mm. don't get me wrong i do like it warm so i will get it on the upper ends of of that but unlike a, a sauna that requires you know the hot stones or just a heat um basis uh it doesn't get as hot and so we used a company that offers some different sizes in those saunas and it was just one of those things that it's been on the wish list for many years and we're just like, you know what, we're, we're going to make the investment. Um, so those of you out there, if you're interested in, uh, you know, DM me, I'll give you some information about it. It's but, Christmas uh, it, time guys. It's Christmas time. Do you hear so, and you know, part of it. And so my wife loves it. She uses it. Uh, my son, he's a teenager. He'll jump in it a, a, a lot of days a week. So for us, it was just something that we wanted to kind of add in that ever building health and wellness regimen that we're doing on a, on a regular basis. Um, and so the next thing therapy? now is the cold plunge. Do you, uh, do you believe in light therapy juve or, um, I guess if, if, with an infrared sauna, that's almost red light therapy. Well, it's, it's yeah. So it's, therapy. it's similar. It's similar. I mean, there is, I, I think what you're referring to is more of the light itself, the, the red light therapy, just kind of sitting in front of it and, and having that, um, I don't practice it as much. Now my heaters in the sauna, like I said, are emitting infrared light. And mm-hmm. the one I got, um, it, it offers all three waves. So there's a near, there's a medium and there's a far infrared red. And so the far is like the, far, the, the most common. It's the one that you had the most research about. And if you're looking at infrared saunas, almost all of them offer a far aspect. But what they've shown in research is some of those other wavelengths like the medium and then even the near um, are also have some benefits that you're not getting with the far. And so having one that's a little more versatile that gives you all three can be better than just one. But anything is good. I mean, getting a good sweat just with regular sauna outside of the infrared makes makes a big difference. But yeah, like I said, you know I'm always trying to learn. Plunge, our boy Booty, he, um, I think it was uh, him and and uh, 
GOP for a while there. They had they just got 55 gallon drums and filled <laughs> them with bags of ice and water. Yeah, no. So that that's the that's the most simplest way of doing it. I've uh, the the drawback, of course, is the maintenance of it, and then mm-hmm. having to put ice in it. And they, there's some really good. There's there's one out there called the Plunge. Uh, if people are looking up, uh, it looks like a, a nice ceramic bathtub that has its own cooling system attached to it, so the temperature of the water constantly stays at whatever temperature you want it to be at. Um, so you don't have to add the ice. And you don't have to constantly change it, and so that's 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 on the wish list. But you're you're looking at um, several thousand dollars of investment yeah. to to get something like that. So that's uh, that's that's on the wish list of of, of one day. But I, I'll report back to the podcast if and when. Uh, you know, I'll I make, saw I'll something the that was uh, like an additive that you could put on to like if you had a pool or a hot tub, where basically it was an exterior coil. And it acted like a refrigerator. I mean, a um, uh, heat exchanger for your uh, for your water, and and basically it used the water source of the pool or the hot tub to then become the, I guess, the cold plunge. And I forget the name of it, and I don't know how that would work because if it was a one way, I mean, if it was a circular loop, then you're basically cooling the hot tub, and then trying to. I'm sorry, yeah, you're cooling the hot tub and then having to take that warm water but i'll have to look into that i'll shoot that to you if i find it yeah yeah that'd be interesting no i mean i i looked into it and there there are people that have come up with all types of hacks and and the most common thing people will do is they will go buy a deep freeze you know like a deep freeze uh chest that you put in a garage and you freeze meat in or whatever and they will take that and seal it in the inside because i guess it's not as sealed as people want and they will actually use that refrigerant cooling um, freezer chest and create the same thing with um, with that water. So obviously you have things you have to be careful about. One is not electrocuting yourself. So you got to like unplug the plug before you do it. The other drawbacks is it's a freaking deep freeze <laughs> freezer. So So unless you dress it up, I was like, there's no way my wife is going to let me put some deep freeze out in the backyard and <laughs> me climbing in and out of it. I could just see the neighbors looking at us like, uh, what are you doing, man? So anyway, but that, that and, and, and Pax, if, if you've done that, uh, let us know. I want to know how you did it and if, if you find the benefit of it, because I definitely feel like the cold plunge thing is, it'd be cool to do, but I just don't have the patience to to maintain a, an ice bath with the ice and the cleaning and out and all that kind of stuff. So I was like, if and when I get it, I'll uh, I'll uh, I'll let people know. But uh, there you go. I, I think it I think it'll be it'll be good. Any other crazy daily hacks that you do, man? That you that um, uh, you do to kind of keep yourself healthy? Uh, well. You know, I do. We do athletic greens. I've um, been doing that since last Christmas, and I'll say that. And athletic I, greens for those that are listening is kind of a, it's kind of like a green powdery shake type thing, right? Yeah. Right water. Yep. And and I used to do uh, Juice Plus until we did yeah. athletic greens, and now I don't really see the need for it. I mean. My wife's got a tackle box full of supplements that <clears throat> she takes every day, and 
hell she's got instructions for them and you know got them all labeled so she's she's definitely on the on the higher end of that for me it's yeah it's about um you know i do my athletic greens typically i'll try and grab that with a relight before i had a workout um finish it on the way home um go upstairs take a quick shower get dressed make a cup of coffee get my um get my bulletproof mix in there um and then just uh, at lunch, make smart choices. Um, if I know I'm going to be going out that evening or I've got clients to entertain, you know, it's usually about trying to make sure I'm hydrated throughout the day. Cause if, you know, from a, from an alcohol perspective, it can really dry out. And then we talked a little bit about, you know, strategies with, with alcohol, especially this time of year. Um, for me, you know, I'm kind of an all in guy. So I've, you know, I've had to make sure that I try to really put some guardrails up on my drinking because if not, I'll, you know, um, I'll be Farva from Super Troopers. If you've ever seen that movie before the end of the night. So I really got to, Farva's number one, um, got to, you know, be careful with that. And so, you know, for me, I think we, we touched on a little bit. Um, beer was my go-to. I used to drink a lot of like heavy IPAs and um, that really can, I feel like it kind of busts up your gut floor a little bit and just kind of makes things swollen and inflamed. And um, so I've tried to go to more of a spirits-based approach and tequila has been really my go-to tequila and soda and lime or, um, you know, I think you just got to, figure out what makes you feel the best and and try to make sure you're keeping some sort of a guardrail in place, whether that's, you know, getting enough sleep or, or going to bed early, or, you know, frankly, F3 has been a huge part of um, just me having the responsibility to say, you know what, maybe I don't need that extra beer or that extra drink tonight because I really want to go post in the morning. And so just that, that one draw has helped me to, um, to really focus on it. Um, I do, I kind of, I don't know if I alluded to it on the show, but I do use nicotine. Um, but I've since transitioned from a, um, from dip or chewing tobacco into a pouch form. Um, and by that, I mean like a, an on or a zen. And, um, you know, thankfully a lot of the folks that my wife and I subscribe to believe in the neurotropic benefits of nicotine. Uh, Ben Greenfield being my, um, uh, the most recent one that I've heard who uses it actually uses a, a product called, um, oh, it's like a lint or it's like, uh, I forget the name of it, but he's like a chewable or like a, um, um, a, a lozenge. Um, so, you know, there, for me, it, it's a, it's a benefit growing up in, in this business too. It was part of my daily routine and now I've since curtailed it and I feel the benefits of, um, nicotine use can be helpful if like anything they're managed accordingly accordingly and not overused so um that's really not a strategy for for the hunt for wellness but you know i think you got to kind of open your mind to what things could work for for everyone and realize that we're not all in the same fit so yeah and you're being honest about it i mean that's 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 the reality i mean i've been very clear and on the show and, and past episodes, you know, with my own use of alcohol and although certainly possibly would be quote quote healthier if I chose not to use it at all, I do because as part of my 
socialization and things that I enjoy and whatever I've allowed myself to do it. It made me chuckle when you talked about uh, Ben Greenfield using it or uh, not, or, or accepting it. It's always convenient when people we respect kind of give us the green light. We're like, Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. Good. It reaffirms oh, yeah. maybe what we, what, what we're hoping that they would say uh, it's convenient when that happens, but uh, yeah, but the reality is, you know, all of us, uh, we live in a world that, you know, you're inundated with different uh, options every single day. And some of us have vices in one aspect and other people have vices in others. And, you know, to your point, it's about a being honest about it and then B finding whatever strategy or guardrails that you can put in place so that you don't drift into a, an area that you don't want to be in. And then ultimately just being honest with yourself about your health and, and saying, am I where I want to be? And if I'm not, are what are some of the things in my life right now that I could improve on to help me get there uh, versus just kind of putting our head in the sand and going, well, I don't know why I'm not as healthy as I want to be, but I'm choosing to kind of ignore some of these choices I'm making. Um, so nicotine and alcohol, I mean, it is what it is. Now, you're not, it doesn't sound like you're smoking it. You're just using it as a product. Yeah, I just I just use the little pouches. Um, so it's yeah, it definitely isn't going. You know, it's not a, like a. Um, I'll have a cigar on occasion, uh, yeah. but that's pretty rare. I just can't stand waking up like a. You know, I feel like you taste a cigar for three days. Um, so I don't really appreciate that nicotine delivery mechanism. And you know, I, I smoked in college, for, you know, very briefly, but it was more of a social aspect the drinking aspect so you know i've, I've um yeah you know, nicotine for me started out really um as a kid and it was on the golf course and you know it was a peer pressure thing and then it was a baseball thing and then it was a fraternity thing and then it was a construction thing so it's kind of always had a, a, a kind of a tug in my life and um you know frankly what really ended up get me to try and find a solution where I could kind of cut down on it was my son was asking me like, why are you, why are you spitting in that bottle? Mm. And I, you know, I didn't really have a good explanation. Um, and so once I found these, you know, I use a, a product called on, um, it's helped me to manage that better and, and not have to, you know, to, I'm still doing it, but I'm not, I'm not flagrantly doing it in front of him and he's not, um, you know, I want to set a good example and it's, it's, you know, we're all trying to go through this path together and figure out what works. And, you know, some of the things that work for others might not work for me and vice versa. So I really think you gotta, you gotta try things on and see what does make you feel um, uh, like you're actually on that hunt for wellness. Right. I think we're all yeah. looking to, to be not necessarily a biohacker. You know, there's some folks that go to the different end of the spectrum, um, but we all want to have better lives. We all want to have long lives. And I know you're going to get to it, but that's really what my take on wellness is, is um, having a good, long, consistent life where you can, um, you're, 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 you're able to do what you want to do when you want to do it and spend time, you know, ultimately with the folks that you love because at the end of the day all we have is um pictures and memories so 
um, you gotta make the best of it. Yeah. And it's amazing how, um, children kind of help us <laughs> find a, a reference point or see things that, uh, we we're not realizing, um, you know, that we're doing or, or projecting out there. So, I mean, that's, that, I hear that a lot from a lot of people as far as I thought I was doing it one way. And then my kid asked me a question. I remember, uh, my kids coming home from school one day and, um, you know, the classic, you know, the, they have the kid fill out information about their parents or whatever, you know, my dad's favorite color is this. And my dad's favorite, this is that it was like, uh, I think one of my kids were like, my dad's favorite drink is beer. And I'm like, really beer. I don't even drink that much beer, but it's just <laughs> in their mind. It was like, they've seen me have a beer. And I was like, Oh wow. Okay. Um, well maybe I should <laughs> be a little more cognitive about, uh, what I do. And, and, and to their credit, I mean, they're probably right. Like if I go to a restaurant with them on a weekend and like a burger or something and beer is on the menu, I'll probably have like a beer. So for to them, they're like, well, dad gets a beer when we go to, go get a burger. And I'm oh, like, yeah. oh, wow. That's, uh, that's telling. And cause in my mind, I'm justifying. I was like, this is my one beer for the week. So I'm going to have it. And for them, it's all they remember. And so I'm like, okay, maybe I need to clean it up a little bit. So. <laughs> yeah, no, they, they, uh, they have a funny way of bringing that about and, and the impression that they get, you know, I, I think back, um, to my growing up too, you know, knowing that my, my dad, he, he wouldn't, you know, he would never really have a, a beer, but I knew that when he walked in the door, he was going to grab a, a literal roll of breadsticks, the ones that, you know, you crack open and string them out. And he wasn't, he was not fat at all. He was, a, he was, you know, very, very fit guy, but he would have a roll of a tube of breadsticks and a sweet tea. And that wow. was just kind of the consistent thing or, or, um, yeah, it's funny what you, what you remember. And what well, we're certainly creatures of habit. That's for sure. And I mean, and, you know, we get in these ruts and and we do the same thing over and over again. And to the point that you made earlier, it's about what you're choosing that consistency to be and what kind of results that you want as a result of that consistent action, whatever it is. But, uh, well, man, we could probably keep going, but, uh, for the, the sake of time, I'm going to start wrapping us up a little bit here. Um, you've kind of already alluded to, to one of the answers of, of the questions that I typically ask here at the end, and I'll let you rephrase it here again in a minute. Um, but the first one is this, um, if you could give three tips to a guy, um, starting on their own hunt for wellness, what would those three tips be? Um, consistency. Most importantly, consistency uh, with the right things, trial and error, see what works, see what doesn't work. It's not, you know, what works for me isn't going to work for you. And be curious, look for new solutions, be open minded and don't feel like you're ever going to have it figured out because I'm constantly trying to figure out new ways to improve and that can be an expensive habit in the case of <clears throat> a sauna or a plunge pool or a, you know, a whole house filter. But at the end of the day, really all you have is your health. You know, if you don't have your health, man, <clears throat> you got, you got 
you got to get right before you can do anything else, right? We we all know that you got to put on your mask first, and that starts with health. And feel like from a leadership perspective, that's a huge part of of setting an example. You know, if you know, I, I look at a doctor, you're in, you're in good shape, right? I I trust the advice that you give me because you seem to know what you're talking about. Whenever I've you know gone to a doctor or, or seen someone um, that is in the the trade of, of giving you advice and they don't take care of themselves. It's, you know, I'm not going to pay attention to their advice because if they're clearly it's whatever they're doing, isn't working. I had a little cardiac um, issue a few months ago and went to a cardiologist and the dude was ripped and he was like, you know, mid probably mid fifties, sixties, looks like a lot of the guys that we see out in the gloom and I'm like, all right, well, he says I'm good, so I guess I'm good, <laughs> you know, and I do appreciate, I want to touch back on, you had a guest on that kind of gave some consistency to his experience with uh, some some cardiac issues, and I've taken a lot of that advice to heart, so, you know, I, I, if anyone's listening, I just hope to be somewhat helpful in, in that approach, so uh, yeah, being consistent, being curious, and, and trial and error. Yeah, the great tips, and think those are things that are often overlooked when it comes to, you know, getting our health and wellness. And like I tell people all the time, I'm constantly experimenting on myself and, and different perspectives with diet and nutrients and strategies around, uh, you know, enhancing things for my own health as my own health changes. Right. I mean, we get older and we go through seasons and, you know, what we're able to do at 25, if we want to continue to do at 45, we got to, you know, be a little bit more conscientious about those decisions. So yeah, I love the curious aspect and, and obviously consistency. So I do have one final question for you, Grizzly, but uh, before I ask it, once again, I just want to take a few moments and acknowledge you say, thank you once again for your willingness to jump on today, share your personal experience, a with F3, but uh, more importantly, what you're doing in your own family to improve your own health, um, you shared a lot of great information that I think is going to be very valuable to the listeners. And then uh, also just thank you for your leadership in F3, not only in the metro region and, and things that you did there locally, but what you're doing for the nation at, uh, currently as a sector queue. As far as getting in touch with you, if someone wanted to reach out and, and, and get in touch with you, maybe something that you said today resonated with them. What are the best ways for them to do that? Uh, quickest is my cell phone. Um, can I say that out here? You're, this is you, man. If you, want to, if you want to put it out there, do it. It's 704-400-5150. 5150 is also Van Halen's seventh album and the California Penal Code for a mental patient on the loose. Um, so just so you know, 5150. And then um, Slack channels on the nation. Um, F3 Grizzly on Twitter. Um, yeah, any number of those. Uh, but text is probably the, the best. Awesome. Uh, and then I did, I do think you're Grizz on the Slack in the nation Slack, just so those are listening, just FYI, Grizz will come up. But I think it also clarifies that you're a sector queue. So maybe that will help identify you versus somebody else there. But uh, my last question is this, and, and you kind of alluded to some of this answer a, me uh, a minute ago, but if you want to restate it or clean it up or whatever, however you want to approach it, 
is this, uh, what is your definition of wellness? Yeah, I, I really feel like over the years it's, it's changed. You know, we, we have such a short time on this planet. And one of the, one of the things that Efri has done for me is brought me back to faith um, from a Catholic education to falling away from religion. Um, it's, it's been a huge part of that faith journey. And I think through that, you realize that this is just a fleeting moment and you need to take advantage of it and work on how you're leaving a legacy. So for me, it's really about trying to optimize the little things, the small decisions lead to the bigger changes. And that can be, you know, making sure you're watching what you eat or, or, or having my son see me in the morning, walk in the door, you know, sweaty and knowing that that fitness was a part of my life and, you know, having the experience with my family, knowing that fitness was a part of their life and eating right. And, you know, that I think ultimately is what leads to the next generation being better. So wellness for me is about leading by example. Thanks for listening to the Hunt for Wellness podcast. Please rate and review our show and be sure to share it with your F3 brothers. As always, we are looking for inspiring stories to share and health experts to interview. So if that's you, please reach out to me at bones at huntforwellness.com on the nation's Slack at Bones, or Twitter at HFW Podcast. And until next time, this has been Bones guiding the packs of F3 Nation on their hunt for wellness. <laughs>